in California, you have attacked the police. You've called to defund the police, and in many situations, you actually have. You've reduced officer presence because you attack them for being racist at every turn. They're afraid to do their job. You basically handcuff these guys. So then when you have the uptick in retail store crimes and smashing grabs, now the latest thing is uh, that Los Angeles leaders have announced a regional retail crime task force. So you basically create more government to fix the problem that government originally caused. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. And welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke, with my beautiful bearded heterosexual life partner, Josh, operating the controls, kind of like Biden's administration handling the Maui wildfires, which is completely worthless. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what's going on, America? It is a Wednesday afternoon here in the glorious... Dallas slash Richardson, Texas at here at Shellshock CBD HQ. Glad to have you with us here today. Hopefully you're having a wonderful day. The weather has been great. It's only been like high 90s. I know. It's uh, it went from like straight up hell to uh, it's kind of hot. My balls are still a little sweaty, but it's tolerable. That's that's what it's like right now. Yeah. After three weeks of solid 100 degree weather. Was it three? I thought it was more than that. I felt like it was way longer than that. It was. I'm not going to lie. Like I woke up and I walk outside and it's not nearly as bad as it normally is here in Texas. And it's like, oh my God, now I start getting in a better mood. Fall, fall and winter put me in a very good mood. Summer. I hate, I hate Texas summer might be different for other people. It's like, oh, it's sunny. It's outdoor. Nobody does shit outdoors in Texas in the summer. It's too hot. It's like way too hot. I love hot. summertime. It's because you're, well, you have the pool. Yeah. So uh, we put a bid on a house. Hopefully we'll see how this goes. Um, my mindset here is like, the more I do this, the more I kind of understand the whole operation behind real estate. Like it's a long-term thing. Like I might make a little money off the top off of renting out my current house and then buying another one. And then another year, take out another loan open or buy another house, rent that one out and then have these properties being paid off <clears throat> over 30 years. So that way, when I hit retirement age, I've got properties I can liquidate to fund me in my retirement. Um, it's been an interesting process learning how this goes. And uh, the rate the bank is getting me right now is like 6.7. And then he said, basically, if I put 5,000 down, I can drop that to a 6.25. If I put 30,000 down, he'll drop my rate to a 5, 5%, which would drop my monthly note considerably. It's like the more that you look at this and you start doing the math and you learn it more and more and more. Um, I got a friend that's actually looking into Section 8 housing, um, renting out properties for Section 8 because the government pays more. Did you know that? So, but it's like, I don't think I would want to deal with the hassle of, and let's just call it what it is. Section eight housing is usually your bottom of the barrel types that are, you know, on hard government welfare. Uh, and the pictures and stuff I've seen of section eight housing that's owned by private individuals and they, they rent it out for section eight, they just destroy it. And the government doesn't refund you. The government doesn't cover costs of repair. So while it might pay like an extra thousand a month, the amount of money you're going to have to do in repair to the property 
Uh, dude, I, it's not worth it. Because I, I thought about it based upon a friend's recommendation. I was like, no, that's not worth it. Because um, I was also thinking like, and here's here's my mindset. I've, I've rented a house before. When I was stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, um, a house I bought there, we moved to uh, to Georgia when I was a drill sergeant. So we rented out that property. Um, and it was such a pain in the ass because the people couldn't make their monthly notes sometimes. So I'd have to double up on the mortgage, which I couldn't afford at the time. And the eviction process is so just time drawn out and lengthy. And meanwhile, the bank doesn't care. The bank wants its money. Yeah. Um, they don't give a shit if your tenants aren't paying. And it's such a pain in the ass. But one thing I learned is that, like, you need to have an ironclad leasing agreement that basically, you know, I'm not sure how you go about it or uh, I have to talk to the lawyers, but in a sense, it's kind of like you miss a payment or whatever the case, like you forfeit your rights for anything, you're gone. Like, you are gone. And, but what I thought about this was, um, Say like, because I think a provision I want to put in the contract is if you make your monthly payments on time on a specific date, and then you allow me to do a, a property inspection every six months, and I go in and I look that the property has been well-maintained, kept, the month of December, you don't pay any rent. You can save that money for Christmas. I think that's a fair that's a fair trade. Number one, it guarantees it's an incentivization for them to make sure their monthly notes are paid on time, the property is taken care of, because yeah. um, I can afford it. And it's just like, but I want, I want long-term tenants. I don't want to have to keep doing this every year or maybe even like knock off $100 if they do like a three or four year lease. Like, okay, it's normally rented at this amount. I'll knock off $100 a month if you rent it for four years. Um, I don't know. I know there's ins and outs of everything. So it's kind of a learning process, but it's just like one of those things of uh, I want good tenants. I don't want assholes because it's just I don't feel like the drama. And I know with Section 8, bro, you're going to get assholes. You are going to get assholes. Like my friend went and looked at some Section 8 properties to invest in carpet the base the way he looks at it is that you have to essentially repair the house in a sense that it can't be damaged and what that means is ripping out all the carpet putting in hardwood floors laminate floors linoleum it's like you do realize they can damage that too in fact it's probably at a higher level of damage like it's very easy to damage linoleum um the carpet that was in this one house there's like dried shit in it dog Mm. shit cat piss and i'm telling you like i don't understand how people live like this it's disgusting it is just flat out disgusting um but I don't know. It's just one thing I'm working on. I'm trying at, but uh, we'll we'll say. We'll, now let's we'll say see. you get somebody in there. Mm-hmm. All moved in, got the terms you want, and then you drive by to check on it, mm-hmm. and there's a Biden Harris sign in the front yard. Oh, that rent's going up, motherfucker! That rent's going the fuck up. Uh, Doctor Awesome VB says you offer asking price, cash offer within three days, and you will still most likely get rejected. That's not true. They've already accepted the offer. <clears throat> I made the offer yesterday. They accepted it. I mean, it's on two acres, beautiful house. Um, I love it. I just, it's exactly where I want as far as like, it's away from the city. Um, the trash isn't going to move anywhere near there. I'm kept away from it. That's, that's all I care about right now. I don't, cause Anna, where I currently live at, it's getting that way. The trash is moving in and crime's going up the neighborhood app. There's already found one dude trying to break into houses. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Up in Anna? Up in Anna. Jeez, man. Well, they're building apartments up there now. They're building low-income housing and low-income apartment complexes. So that's where the lower-income economic class can move into, which I'm not opposed to this. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, this is what happens. The See, crime starts me, going up. People yeah, start moving out. Property taxes are going up. So your people that actually had nice houses, they can't afford these property taxes. I mean, when I moved in, property taxes were like $250, $300. Then they upped them to like $750. I'm like, holy shit. And then four sale signs start popping up everywhere. And it's like people like, and so you get, you do get a richer clientele in there, 
But then when you basically across the road have low-income apartment complexes, and there's a 7-Eleven right there, and I don't care who you are, 7-Eleven is like the magnet for just utter trash. Trash go there. Not all trash. But every time you go there, it's like Sheila's been to one down on the corner a few times to the point where I had to go there with her and bring a gun. I told her, like, don't go there without me anymore. Do not really? go. Yeah, bro, it's fucking ghetto trash every single fucking time. And people can call it racist. I don't care. When you keep seeing the same thing fucking occurring in every town you live in, it just stands to reason that, well, there's an issue here. And I don't want to be a part of it. So I will pay extra to move out to the country and stay the fuck away from just the trash. I don't want to be near it. Black, yeah, no, white, I mean, doesn't matter. I don't Anna care. Anna kind of is the country. Do what? Anna? No, it's not. It isn't? No. It's Anna's, the- Anna's suburbs now. It's, dude, like, what is country about Anna at all? I don't know. It's away from everything. It's being built up. It's being very built up. Like, that ain't country. Like, where I'm moving to, but that's country. But the, this one. The like, longer these borders are opened, oh the God. more crime we're going to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's been an uptick in Plano. Yeah. You know, oh, I believe that. Frisco. I believe that. Yeah. So it's. It's nuts. It is nuts. I think that's going to be a, a major. I mean, that's one of my major issues right now. Yeah. So anybody that can shut down the border, close mm-hmm. the border up. Wrangling uh, illegal immigration. Yeah. That's, that's who I won't want in the White House. Trump. I'm just, I'm over at this point. I don't know. Mr. Car Crazy says nothing in DFW is country to me. Well, I mean, this isn't DFW where I'm moving, so it doesn't really matter. I'm just, I'm over it, man. I'm over it. All this bullshit. Like, actually, uh, Sheila, uh, we got to tell you about this. She was pulling in, she was going home. And some dude got right up on her tail and he wanted to go around her and she didn't let him because she was trying to go to the tunnel and like she, he tried to pull some weird maneuver and she like, she didn't move for him. And he got up right on her, started honking his horn and she like, he scared her. So she drove over to a grocery store in a public area because she didn't want to go home because this guy started following her, pulls up, rolls down his window. And she said, it's some fat dude with a little dog on his lap, screaming at her and recording her, calling her a stupid fucking bitch. You cut me off. And she's like, no, I didn't. And basically, it's like, I'm calling the cops. I've got your license plate. So she texts me, and I was just like, if you're still at the grocery store, stay there. Uh, local employees in that grocery store coming out there and, like, getting around her, telling that dude, like, you need to leave now. I was like, I don't know why they didn't call the cops. But I told her, it's like, stay there. I was like, get that employee wherever you park the car. Keep an eye on it um, and see where this guy goes. Because, bro, I had my gun. I was about to go ready to bust that motherfucker up. I was like, how fucking dare you? How fucking dare you try and sit there and roll down your window and make threats to a woman like, I'm sorry. There are times where it's, I just, I want to pistol whip the fuck out of a motherfucker. It's like, you need to be taught a lesson. It's like, I don't know who yeah. the fuck makes you think that's okay. That you just roll up, drop it, and in front of kids, in front of kids, no less. And I'm like, bro, I'm sorry. Society needs to get back to this, the days of ass whooping. Like you just beat the fuck out of people and you teach them respect and manners because I'm telling you. Some people need it. I'm telling you. Yeah, absolutely. Just like the dude pulling a knife on your wife. Like, bro, that he needs a bullet. You need a fuck. Because well, imagine a knife on me. He just cuts my wife out in front of my oh, yeah. kids. Pulls a knife out. That's draw. Right. It's like, all right, motherfucker. Now we're getting the cops involved. Put the fucking knife down because I'm calling the cops. Yeah. And it's like, you pulled a knife. That's intent. That is intent, and I have a right to defend myself. Who's a giant pussy, too? Okay. You're scaring me. You're scaring me. You like, should oh. be scared, motherfucker. Like, You're about to die. So I was like, you big fucking pussy. I You're hate those motherfuckers. Like, oh, my God. Lied about. Yeah. Lied about. It was just, yeah. They're like pimp smacking him. Pistol whipping, motherfucker. Oh, well. Well, this episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. Now. <laughs> now that we got our blood pressure all worked out, we just want to beat some ass. Motherfuckers. Um, I got a DM today from, a, I guess, a listener or a follower. He talked about, you know, Ray Cashcare, the Navy SEAL. He runs a uh, a boot camp for 
guys that want to go and form bonds and stuff. And uh, look, I'm not opposed to these things. I think that when a lot of these young kids need male role models, then yes, I think it is good for people to step in and kind of fill those roles. But I'm sorry, but $15,000 that he charges, that's that's a ripoff. Uh, I don't care who you are. I mean, I, I don't hate the guy. I got no beef with people running their businesses. By all means, do what you want to do. Um, but yeah, you're telling me $15,000 for 72 hours or even five days. Like that's a massive fucking ripoff to me from a business perspective. Absolutely not. Um, but people pay it, you know, Hey, do what you do, I guess. But this is like the fourth time I've been asked about this. It's like, what do you think about this? Like just join the fucking military. I mean, I wouldn't personally, but I mean, if you're looking for something like the, they have these men youth groups, uh, you know, his, his, his idea is good. I'm not against that. I just think your price point's way too fucking high. Um, but again, I haven't looked into his business model. I don't know. But I would not be paying $15,000 to go get Hayes and yells at. No, absolutely yeah. not. In fact, you can join the military and they'll pay you to have it done to you. And you get benefits. So, I mean, there is that. Um, now, I, I wouldn't recommend it. But, I mean, if, you, if you're looking for something to kind of get you in shape or to help you man up a little bit, um, yeah, I guess. I, I, I can see the, the reasoning behind it. It makes sense to me. Where else are you going to get it? I mean, I know Elliot Hulse for the longest time was all about fitness and he went into that whole thing, but I think he kind of went off the reservation a little bit. Um, I certainly would not be getting advice from the Andrew Tates and stuff like that out there. Like more is coming out about this guy as far as human trafficking and yada, yada, yada. And like, apparently there's new charges. I don't know if it's like a witch hunt. I just don't know. But, you know, I've seen Tristan Tate's old tweets where he literally brags about these webcam girls that he runs. And it's like, dude, it's some very shady operation. Like I, I, I can't respect that at, at all, at all. And people be like, well, because you're Bugatti. It's like, I don't have one. But also don't pimp out women because I'm just not a pimp. And I don't know, have some values, some standards. But that that's the that's the weird uh, dynamic that we see these days is these male influencers, these male role models. Um, it seems like there's no morality. There's, And I felt like for the longest time, morality was a good guiding point to how these young men should be striving to live their lives. Like you want to have a good moral compass to make the right decisions, to do the right thing. It feels like the mud, the water's been so muddied that that's no longer a priority. It's just about masculinity. It's like, well, I thought masculinity was about being masculine, but also doing the right thing, standing up for the little guy, defending those that can't defend themselves, defending your homestead, building a homestead, defending your woman. Um, and these dudes, I just don't see it. I don't see it all. Um, I, I don't know. You know what's disappointing is when your my, sex life. My son wanted to go to uh, join the Cub Scouts. Yeah, uh -huh. and just wasn't that great of an experience. Yeah, and then because they they integrate girls and yeah. boys together. Yeah, and then the lesbian couple showed up with their kids. Right, and they start making out. Yeah, they start. Yeah, yeah I'm like, is that the same? I mean, Cub Scouts. Is that the intro to get into Boy Scouts? Yeah. No. Oh. So I wonder if Boy Scouts would be different. I don't know. I imagine imagine it's a high is Boy Scouts. I, I remember on the show a while back was didn't they integrate or intermingle Boy Scouts now to where girls can join? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, what's the point? I know it's like what's girls. the point? I mean, yeah. I wouldn't want my son joining the brownies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. Know. But yeah, I think young boys do need something like that to where they can go out in the I woods agree. with other little boys to yeah. learn how to hunt, tie yep. knots, that kind of shit. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I just don't think that you're going to get something like that um, from an Andrew Tate. I don't think you're going to get something like that from a Ray Cash dude. I think you're just going to get uh, a different version of it. Um, but again, yeah, 15 grand. I don't know. Absolutely. That's a lot of that, that's, that's way too much money. I, somebody sent me something that Ray was, he did. So I've met him once or twice. Um, he's another Navy SEAL that makes sure everybody knows it. 
Um, it feels like every every fucking Navy SEAL out there, they have to make sure the world knows they were a fucking Navy SEAL. It's like, goddamn. Like, is there not a fucking Navy SEAL out there that does not have a social media following, a book deal, some hair product, and some other shit? Like, goddamn. Like, all you motherfuckers just came out of the world like, I'm a Navy SEAL too. It's like, fuck. It's like, I don't know, man. Quiet professionalism. That's what I love about the infantry. There ain't nothing quiet about us. Like, we didn't, we've never made the problems like quiet professional. Fuck no. Like, Rob O'Neill, I shot fucking Bin Laden. By the way, Rob O'Neill in the hot hot seat, um, he got arrested. But more of the story came out. Apparently, he called the security guard a nigger. Supposedly. And here's where I stand on this one. Um, it's literally he said versus she said. It was a black security guard. Uh, apparently, O'Neill was very intoxicated. And the security guard said that's what Rob O'Neill had called him on a few accounts there's no footage of it. There's no audio of it. It's literally his word against Rob's word. I'm not a fan of Rob O'Neill. Let's just get that out of there. I think he's a self-proclaimed douche lord, quite honestly. But, but I will give the guy the benefit of the doubt because Rob O'Neill is also, he's not pro 2A. You know, he's made some statements out there that are just very sad, but he's also not a liberal. So he is on the radar for any leftist out there that wants to kind of get a gotcha moment. That could be what this is. So until I see some evidence, I don't believe it. Um, and that's why he got arrested? No, he got arrested for assault. Uh, apparently he punched or he hit the security guard or hit him in the chest or something. Judge bailed him at like $3,500 and made bail. He's, he went home to celebrate his uh, his wedding anniversary or something like that. I don't know. I was reading the articles. and it, I don't know, dude. It seems like he's got a drinking issue. Um, but then again, I mean, he's like, what, 47, uh, combat veteran, Navy SEAL. I mean, that's very common in the veteran community. I hate to say this, but it's true. It's, I don't even drink that much, though. Alcoholism? <clears throat> oh, yeah. I don't know if he's got alcoholism. I mean, he's Irish. I mean, there is a thing about Irish and drinking. There's a stereotype there if you want to feed into it. I don't know. Um, I, You know, something dawned on me the other day. Uh, I think like two or three years ago, I'd, I'd made some posts about Dan Crenshaw. And I remember Marcus Luttrell's wife apparently followed me. And came after me because I was slamming uh, freaking uh, Crenshaw for his bullshit. And she was like, he's a Navy SEAL, blah, blah, blah. You should respect him, blah. You know, you're, you're off the mark. I used to have a lot of respect for you. And here we are years later, and Crenshaw has been one of the most anti-two-way, anti, like, actually pro-Ukraine, pro-war. And I wish, I, I wonder if she hears this years later and be like, hey, Mrs. Luttrell, I told you. Nobody listens to me. Everybody is like, I'm unfollowing. Then years later, it's just like, oh, he was right. <laughs> I should I should have the same standing as Glenn Beck, as the rest of these douche lords out there that switch some of it. How many times do I get shit right? And nobody comes back, hey, John Burke was right on that. I call it the Alex Jones effect. You say yeah. enough shit, eventually be like, hey, John Burke was actually right about that. Nobody yeah, wants but. to admit that. I had some dude DM me like two days ago. I was like, hey, man, we got into a Facebook thing years ago. I want to tell you, I was out of line. I apologize. You were right. And I'm like, I told him, I was like, dude, I'm not trying to be a dick. I have no idea who you are. And I get in fights all the fucking time online. But hey, thanks for being a big man. I appreciate that. Um, and water under the bridge. Man, boy, I, I don't even know what we were fighting about, but I was probably right. So whatever. <laughs> no. no, he was really cool. Really good dude. But uh, Lone Survivor was a great movie, though. It was. It, it actually was. But apparently, you know, according to a lot of uh, witness accounts, there was a lot of fabrications from Latrell himself, too. I don't know, man. Well, they nailed the movie. The I movie was it. movie was really good. It was really good. Really good. I was so pissed when they let him go. I was like that little sheep herder. I was like, bro, tie him up. 
bind him to a tree, and you're good. But was that no. part zero? I don't remember. I never read the book. I never read the books. I never read the books. The books are always just... I can't remember if I did or not. It was a while ago. I did get to meet um, Black Hawk Down's uh, first sergeant, or his name was Sergeant Eversman, played by Josh Hartnett. I did get to meet him. Um, when I was in Iraq for my second tour, he was a first sergeant in 10th Mountain, 215, I believe. And <laughs> one of the goofiest looking motherfuckers you've ever seen. Tall, bald, big ass lips. But he was one of those guys that his troopers would say, do not ask him about Black Hawk Down. Don't ask him to sign a book. Don't do it. He fucking hates that. And he said, basically, uh, he said, from what the, his, his soldiers had said, like he said, the movie wasn't accurate. I was like, but movies never are. Movies are never, you know, Hollywood artistic license, they are always going to use that. It's based. It's based, based on a true story. Based on a you true know, 13 story. Hours is another one of my favorite movies. I thought they did a really good job with that. I don't think I watched that one. Is that is that the, the one? Benghazi with, movie? Yeah, I didn't see that one. You didn't no. see that one? Mm -mm, with no. uh, John, what's his name, from The Office? Yeah, yeah, Jim. Jim. <laughs> Jim. And apparently uh, Roy. John Krasinski's his name. John Krasinski, yeah. yeah, he's in that one. And then uh, it's Jim and uh, Roy from The Office. His partner is Roy from The Office. Oh, is it the, really? Yeah, the one that Pam was originally dating. Oh, I didn't pick yeah. up on that. Yeah, I it says that. once uh, Dunder Mifflin closed, Jim and Roy decided to take up contracting. There's a meme. There was a great meme about it. It was hilarious. Yeah, I can't believe I missed it. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, I really thought good. that was a great movie. I mean, those are really good stories. I need to reach back out to Peronto. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I don't he's know what he's like up to. He's like a really, really nice guy. Peronto is very down to earth. Um, you know, he, he's had his issue. I mean, everybody's got their issues. I just think that sometimes they put you when you get in these movies or you get in these TV shows or whatever. People put you on this pedestal, like you get your shit together. It's like there a lot of veterans don't. A lot of veterans have a lot of underlying issues. It doesn't make them bad people. It's just that. They got a lot of demons they're carrying, man. And, and when something like Rob O'Neill, like, I don't know, man, maybe that dude's dealing with a lot of shit. I have no idea. I mean, when you have a massive following like that and you don't have a business or a company and you go by sponsorships, kind of like Tim Kennedy and his types, um, you're literally, you're, you know, you can make really good money. But it's also with the understanding of your contract to contract. You better make this work. You know, focus on that social media following, grow it, get more customers, it's different when you actually own a business, when you own a company. That's why I'm very grateful for like Shellshock. It's it's allowed us to do so much more. It allows us to say whatever the fuck we want to say. I don't have to worry about pissing off 5 and 11 because their boots suck or some shit. I don't know. You know, you can say whatever the fuck you want to say. You can be completely honest. A lot of these influencers will not. They will not be honest with you on certain things because they're paid. And, you know, if you're paid by a certain company and the company has a shit product, they're not going to tell you it's shit. You know, that's, that's just how it goes. So, I don't know. That's that's just me. That's just me. But um yeah, I I mean if Rob O'Neill needs help, I hope he gets the help, you know. I might beef with some of these dudes, but I don't wish ill on them. Even Ray Cash care. I don't wish bad things on these people. But it's just like when somebody asks for my opinions, I will I will freely give it. I will freely give my opinion on that. And that boot camp thing, no, I think it's uh, I think it's way too overpriced. $15,000, absolutely not. I think you're out of your fucking mind. But there are people out there that will pay it. What if it's like a bunch of rich liberals? I I sincerely doubt that. I sincerely Would doubt you up that. Up it to twenty five grand. <laughs> Charge them more. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, you got to do more work. They're liberals. I mean, you got to fucking depussify these kids. You got to teach them about all this shit. It's like, look, no. Based in the Hamptons. Listen, Xavier. All right, listen, you little fucker. There are no such thing as pronouns. You little retard. You got that? All right, now fucking drop and give me 25. Oh, Christ. He can't even do one. Open just, your mouth. I got to spit. Just fucking breathe. Lay there and fucking breathe. That's about all you can do, you worthless little fuck. Jesus. I bet people would actually really enjoy that. 
Oh, they would. Absolutely. People pay for that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But it's just funny to me that, you know, there's a lot of these dudes flexing like they were drill sergeants. And it's kind of like you were never a drill sergeant. You know, they're in. OK, this is where it's going to get a little technical. Just because you served does not mean that you would make a good drill sergeant. Anybody can scream at a trooper. Anybody can scream at somebody. That's easy. But there's a formula to this. There's a formula of how this actually works and works efficiently and effectively. And people don't realize that. It's not just scream at somebody and insult them. There has to be a reasoning behind every single action that you take. And a lot of these dudes don't get this. They just simply think that I can flip this table, call somebody a motherfucker, blah, 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 blah. But every single time you do that, there's got to be a lesson intertwined in that. They have to know why they're getting smoked. They have to know why they're enduring this pain. And you, number two, the biggest thing is you have to inspire them. Like as a drill, there wasn't a single kid that could out-PT me. As I was 26, 27, and there was a hill they'd run up. When I put balls to the wall, very so often somebody could outrun me and beat me to the top of that hill. So when drill is setting the standard in all aspects, that motivates them even more. When drill is doing the road marches with him, he's doing the push-ups with him, doing PT with him, whatever, because the drill is pushing himself too. Those Joes see that and it inspires them versus a drill that stands back and just makes them do the shit and doesn't participate. And again, everybody has their own method. They have their own methodology. But... You know, I remember being in my my bay with my with my Joes, and I'd have like two fucking dumbbells. I'd be smoking the fuck out of them, and I'd be lifting. I'd be doing something, not exactly doing the same exercise, but doing what I want. But I'm also fucking PTing with them. And when Joe sees that, Joe respects that, and Joe wants to say like, "That's what I want to be like." Um, now I fucking do tango and sell weed, so it's a uh, little bit of a change. God's got a plan. <laughs> Just God's the plan. Got to trust the plan. <laughs> trust the plan. Door, lo- one door closes. I'm looking like a opens. beach bum these days, but I love it. I love it. I'm very happy in my life. I, I think it's it's amazing how God has a plan for all of us. But to see, um, like I'm pushing 40 now, and to see where I was in my 20s. You're to not see, 40 yet? Not yet. I'm holding on to 39, baby. <laughs> for the next 10 years, I'm holding on to 39. Um, no, it's just interesting to see where I went from my 20s into my 30s, I feel like there was a lot of growth between 25 to 35, 36. There was so much there that's um, like discovering your identity, who you are, all these things. So it's very interesting and see like going from joining the army at 17, multiple tours, drill sergeant, all the shit, TV show, massive following, taken away. And here we are now with a successful company. And I had like, I'll be completely honest, like I get scared sometimes, like this is all going to go away. Because I think it's like, what am I going to do if Shellshock fails? Like, what's, I don't know what, like. You what do give the, a great blowjob. I do give a great blowjob. Only fans, here I come. Um, like, what would I do for work? I'm not, I don't want to be a cop. Like, I don't know. Like, what am I qualified to do these days outside, like. Yelling at people. I could start my, I could start my, I could start my own little boot camp thing. I'll go try and work with Destination. Be like, hey man, um, I'll run a boot camp thing for you, for your people. They used to do that. I mean, I, I don't know. I always think it's like, what's your plan B? Like, I think that's, that's should have, how everybody should think. It's like, you know, what are we going to do if shell shock doesn't work? What if something happens? What if they ban Delta eight and CBD in all States? What are we going to do? So it's just like, I have those thoughts. And it's like, that's why I want to diversify ourselves to where we have alternative methods of income to where if shell shock fails, we're still good. And our employees are still protected. It's like, we're just taking them with us to do something else. Now, I don't think shell shock going to fail quite not. We're coming up on year four. We're still doing good. We're like with every other company, though. Like our sales have plummeted because you, the listener, Biden administration, the Biden economy is fucking killing us. Um, And you know what's crazy? We went to look at another brick and mortar space today because we're still trying to open up um, 
another brick and mortar here in uh, Dallas, DFW area. And the costs of these outlets are just insane. It's insane. Now, people aren't spending more, but these outlets are charging. But this one, he wanted like $25, $27 a square foot. And it was almost up to 2,000 square feet. It almost came out to like, it was about almost $4,200 a month overhead. Overhead. And it's just like, bro, no. Like 3,000 is pushing it for me. All we need is 1,000 feet. And to find an outlet, number one, that will accept CBD because everything gets lumped into head shops now. Um, they think that we're a vape head shop. And the guy looked at our website and like, yeah, you guys are legit. You're not the same. But a lot of people, they won't, they won't consider us. They're just like, no, we don't do CBD. We don't do vape. We don't do tobacco. It's like, well, we don't sell tobacco. And they don't care. So finding the size and then finding someone willing to deal with CBD, and it's fucking hard. It is really, really hard. So... I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those things of, uh, we keep grinding, we'll keep going, you know, in a year from now, two years, whatever, we'll have a breakthrough and then be like, you know, I'm glad we kept going. I'm glad we kept pushing. You know, we hit That's wall, you can do. we hit wall after wall. I'm like, I mean, I'm telling you, Josh, Tyler can tell you guys how many fucking walls we've hit in this last year. Uh, it's just been insane from advertising, um, to freaking trying to find retail spaces, dude. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It makes me wonder if we should have just went with a different product. <laughs> we wouldn't be having near these problems. I don't know. I, I like CBD. I like that yeah. it helps people. Yeah. I like that, you know, it's... I think helped, it's, it's gotten such a bad me. rap, though, from people. Yeah. So I'm not going to not do something because some douchebag said yeah, that true. they think it's bad. Yeah. So, no, I'm glad we did what we did. I think it's helped a lot of people. We've gotten hundreds and hundreds of testimonies of people who have used our products. Thousands, yeah. Thousands. That have uh, said that... Yeah. Saved a marriage. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was who, crazy when we got that one. That people was who use it for, um, you know, cancer treatment. You know, yeah. for chemotherapy. Yep. So there's, you know, I'm glad we did what we did. I think we've helped a lot of people. So yeah, I'm proud of the business. Well, now we're trying to look together. into the CBD vending machines, and we're going to see how that goes. Uh, we're about to pull the trigger on something like that. And if we can see, it, if we see it works, then we'll invest in more CBD machines and just expand that and just say fuck a brick and mortar. Machines, the vending machines are easier. They're biometrically done to where it's basically if we're selling Delta 8, you have to show your ID at it and it does a biometric scan to verify the ID and you line up and then you can purchase. So it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, the first the first one we're looking at is just kind of like uh, and maybe a mall. One dude owns a club that we know. We'll see. It's just a matter. And the good thing is like a lot of these things, leasing CBD or a vending machine spaces, your contracts from what I'm looking at are anywhere from like three to six months. So if it's not really doing any good, you can take your machine, move it to a different location and see if it gets better, better engagement. So I think it's worth looking at. So we'll see. But anyway, all right. You know, this episode is brought to you by shellshockcbd.com. Let's get into the news. Church of England priests say premarital gay sex is not immoral. Oh, where's Henry VIII when you need him? <laughs> Once again, Church of England priests say premarital gay sex, not immoral. Buttholes don't count. Buttholes don't count. And Henry VIII is rolling in his grave. Didn't he, I don't know, leave the Church of Rome over something, well, not so similar, but all we can say is, what the hell? What the hell? I, I don't get it, man. What, what has happened what has happened to churches? Man, they've really just... Uh, they need that gay money. I oh, think that's that, what it it's is. It's got to be it. They're pandering right? for the gay vote. They're pandering for the gay dollar. Trying to get that donation, that gay donation. 
And it's that's not Catholic. Yeah, Church of England, that's not Catholic, right? Yeah, because they left the Catholic Church. Did they? I don't know. A majority of priests of Church of England want the, because I think it's Protestants. Uh, Church of England want the church to offer same-sex weddings and allow premarital and gay sex, according to the major survey. I think that's Protestant, but this looks like a Catholic church. I don't know. Survey conducted by the Times found that most Anglican priests think church teaching should be brought into line with public opinion on moral issues. Wow. Wow. So essentially, you don't want to abide by God's word. You want God to abide by your word. How does that even work? So you don't even want a religion. Like, what what good is a religion to you? If you are if you literally say that you think the church teaching should be brought into line with public opinion, then what's the point of even having a church? Just do what you want. It, it makes no sense to me. But this is the state of our society, a moralless, godless society. That's where we're at. And it's just like, you clowns are fake Christian. You're fake everything. I can't even believe this, man. I mean, I can. I can. Most priests support a change to allow gay couples to get married in church with 53.4% in favor and 36.5% opposed, revealed the survey, which assessed responses from 1,200 active Anglican priests. Oh, I bet I know what them priests are up to. Man, we got 128 viewers over on Kick. Thanks so much, guys. Make sure you hit that follow button. Hell yeah, we're growing over on the Kick streaming app. Thank you. Kick.com slash John Burke. Come over, download the app. Uh, we got verified. We're partnered with Kick. We appreciate that from them. Um, but yeah, check us out over there, guys. Rumble. Uh, I've given up on Rumble. We got like nine something thousand followers over there. But um, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't. Rumble's discoverability is still trash. Like, I, just, I don't know. I know, man. It's holding strong at what, like 9,600 followers? Yeah. yeah. Like uh -huh. it just hasn't budged from there. No, we uh, I post to True Social because we got about seven or eight thousand followers over there, and then Instagram. So we do get good viewership, but it's just like, what's the point? Like we're not growing. We get really good viewership, which I'm really thankful for. But um, it's weird. But anyway, um, the Church of England currently allows blessings for gay couples, but only permits church weddings between a man and a woman. The hypocrisy here is just astounding. So you'll bless, you'll bless a gay marriage, but you won't marry them. Now, look, I, I, I really feel like Christians do have to kind of do a little double take on homosexuality in a sense of like, look, they are your brothers and sisters in Christ if they believe God. They are sinning. It says in the Bible, homosexuality is wrong. You cannot conflate these things, but it does not mean that I think you're any less of a human being or that I hate you. I just think that, yeah, you're living in sin, but we all are. And it's not my position to judge you. That's God's position. And I'd still pray for you. I would never kick you out of my house. I would never deprive you of a cup, cold cup of water, a uh, cold cup of water, excuse me. So I think that Christianity, like the way Christianity, uh, so, oh, okay, how do I get into this? Okay, so my mom came to visit me. Uh, let's get deep here for a second. My mom came to visit me, and my mom and lovely I. Lovely woman. Yeah. Very lovely. She is very nice. Um. And we're not close, but I was raised under a certain pastor for about 17 years, and he was an original Pentecostal preacher. And being raised in church means you kind of take on the personality of the pastor to a degree, your understanding of the Bible, your understanding of the word, things like that. And um, when she came to visit, 
you know, we hadn't seen each other in a while. And so I was telling her, as I was asking her, I was like, how's the church doing? She's like, well, it's dwindling. You know, it's smaller, much smaller. A lot of people have left the church because of this, that, and the other. And, you know, I, I got talking to her. I was like, mom, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I listen to different preachers now. Um, not a lot, but I listen to a lot of preachers that push more of God's love, mercy, forgiveness, understanding. We're made in his image. And the pastor I grew up in was fire and brimstone. He did not convey the idea that we are made in God's image and that he loves us and he forgives us. I mean, he did to a degree, don't get me wrong. But he was more on the hardcore pastor shepherd as far as like, you're my flock, I'm protecting you, you know, don't participate in any of these evil things. And um, she even admitted, she's like, John, he, he was hard on a lot of things. And I can't say that I agree or disagree with him, but I do feel like he's probably, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I, me personally, I feel like he's hurt a lot of people. I feel like he gave the wrong impression of God to a lot of people. And at the same token, I forgive the guy because, you know, he's doing the best that he can. He's doing what he knows. But the more I looked at his teachings, they did line up with the word, but it was missing the one ingredient of love. And so when my brother came out as gay, you know, he wouldn't be, they wouldn't allow him back into church. Like it was just basically you're exiled. Um, and I understand that to a degree, but at the same token, it's just like, if that person's gay and they're fighting that issue, turning them off to God is not the fix. It's a very slippery yeah. situation to where it's kind of like, okay, you can come here. It's like, but we will not marry you. Um, if your boyfriend is a Christian, like, it's just like, how accepting, what's the line? There has to be a line. What's the line? Do you, do you say you can't bring your lover with you to church? Like, I, I don't know. That, and I'm serious. Like, that's, that's a, like, where's the line? So when you look at these churches talk about, like, we'll bless your marriage, we won't marry you. It's like, but a blessing is condoning it. Why would you bless something that theologically you disagree with according to your doctrine? I don't understand. I mean, I do understand this. This is them wanting money. This is them pandering because they need to, because I mean, let's just be honest in this day and age, I think there are far less religious people. And I think churches are suffering. So what do they need? They need tithing. They need money. So what do we do? We change the doctrine. Yeah. Let's become more inclusive. Let's get people back to church by making God more contemporary, making God love the gays, yada, yada, yada. And that's why I feel like it's just like, like, I don't know, man. It's just, it was really weird because the way I grew up and um, to see his teachings and to see how I believe now, they're very different. Yeah. And I'm not saying I know more. I mean, I clearly, I do not know more than him. This guy can quote the Bible front, back, sideways. I mean, he's been through a lot. He's still alive. Um, but listening to my mom concede to that fact because she raised us in that church and again, she's doing the best she could too. Yep. I, I give her that, you know, single mom. My dad took off when I was five. So she did her best. But when my brother came out as gay, he was ostracized. My dad disowned him, said, you're not my son. How old was he? Uh, I want to say he was like 16 or 17. He was young. Um, was that like in the 80s, early 90s? Yeah, that was late 80s, early 90s, I believe. Yeah, because he's six years older than me. So he's, he's 46, 47. Um, About the same age as me. Yeah. You two could be gay together. We could be gay brothers. You could. 
Yeah, but to see what he went through, I look back on, and I really regret how I handled that. But again, I was so young, impressionable by the church, impressionable by a dad yeah. that didn't understand it. Um, and he and my dad were never close. My dad left, but he was he'd still come around every so often. But uh, to see that, and then know that's how probably a lot of homosexual people were treated by quote unquote Christians. Um, yeah, it's a bad rap. It's a bad rap. So that's why when I see these things to the church, it's like, look, we can at least admit to the fact that we should have treated the homosexual community better with more love, not necessarily acceptance, but more so forgiveness, but also not tolerated. It's like, look, I will love you. I love, I love the person, but hate the sin, hate, love the sinner, but hate the sin. So it's like, it's not my job to judge you, but it is my job to protect myself and my family from ever allowing something like that to come into my house. It's like, would you allow a drug user into your house? Like, no. Would I forgive them? Absolutely. But I don't know, man. Uh, and, and again, if, if people want to be gay straight about it's not, I don't care. I believe in that's where, that's where theologically I have my beliefs, but also politically I have opposite beliefs because I do believe in your right to do whatever the hell you want to do. It's just that I feel like Christianity kind of like has its own little, section of my life as far. Now I wouldn't say little, but it's just kind of like I have my personal beliefs that I practice individually, but then I have my liberty beliefs that I should be, that I believe should be practiced by everybody. Meaning you have equal rights to do whatever you want to do. Um, I mean, does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense. Um, cause I know we have gay followers. We have Biden. Again, I don't, I don't hate you people. I mean, I'll be the first one to say that lesbians are hot. Yeah. I don't, I, Josh I likes care. gay guys a lot. He does. Josh will tell <laughs> I you. I love him. He loves love, gay guys. I love the gays. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, but uh, it's just it's just interesting. But to see these churches bend the knee and bend over—no pun intended—is just it's pathetic. Stand for something. Like, look, man, you're gonna get hate, absolutely, but that's okay. A significant majority of the priests surveyed, 62.6%, said the church should change its teaching on the immorality of premarital sex, with 21.6% accepting all fornication and 41% saying outside marriage is fine for people in committed relationships. A little over a third of the priests, 34.6%, said the church should not change its teaching on sex outside of marriage. Uh, okay, Here, here's the thing with that. Um... I will tell you, my first marriage, we definitely hooked up before we were married. And they were die hard, no sex before marriage. We were already engaged. We knew we were date was already set. Uh, it was like two or three days before the wedding. Like, yeah, we made it happen. Um, so do I say I practiced that? No. How old were you when you got married the first time? Twenty. She was nineteen. God. I was fresh home from Iraq. So young. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. Um, what did your mom say? Well, you got to remember the lifestyle that I grew up in and in, in, um, Port Natchez slash Beaumont, Texas, is that um, this is the 80s, 90s, and it's still in the mindset of, in the church, you you find a woman, you get married, you have lots of kids, you work, and then you die. That's literally, you go to church, you do all that. It's, it, that's, that's the lifestyle there. Um, and so they do, they do encourage you to marry young and marry for life, no divorce. But there's a lot of people that get divorced, like a lot. So it's just kind of like you preach one thing, but people usually will do another. So it, and that's the where like you start to get into the black and white. And it's like, actually, there's more gray than people will actually admit to. Um, but yeah, I was 20. Um, 
And, you know, we were married for 10 years, but I was gone a lot of it, like a lot. So, and again, you don't know who you are. You have no idea who you are. Um, so it's kind of like two people can grow together, but a lot of times those people will grow apart because, you know, who you are at 20 is not who you're going to be at 30. Who you are at 30 is not who you're going to be at 40. You are constantly in a, a series of uh, evolutionary changes. Now, I'm not saying that you can't get married young. I mean, of course you can. But to a, a young man or young woman, I would say don't get married young. Take your time. Were you guys uh, high school sweethearts? Mm, no, technically no. But when I was in Iraq, we were, we were pen pals. Um, she had just started going to the church that I had went to when I left for the Army. So we missed each other by like two months. Um, but so one of her friends connected us, said, you two should start writing. We wrote, she sent a picture. She's beautiful. Um, we started writing. And then when I came home within like three months, we were engaged. So it was like, yeah, I, 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 John did not understand the thing of get to know people, go on a lot of dates, but that's how it is in the church though. Like the dates have to be chaperoned. There is no being alone with each other for very long. Um, and how well do you really get to know somebody? And the other part of it is like, yeah, you, you kind of do want to test drive the car to see if there's compatibility, but when you're both very young and inexperienced, put your car in the garage, you put your car in the garage. You know what, hey, I mean? oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's, it's different, you know, but uh fast forward to now, that's why with Sheila, it's like, I'm just taking my time. We're relaxing. We enjoy it. She understands. She gets it. I told her, it's like, I'm not looking to get married again. It's like, but if I do, it's like, it will be for like, I, I'm sure of this. So and she understands that. I've, I've laid that out perfectly clear for her. And she gets it. She's never been married. And that's the problem with dating people that have never been married before is that, you know, every woman wants to be a bride. And I get that. But when a man has been a groom multiple times, it's like, mm, I'm kind of over this. You know, you go through enough messy divorces. It's just like, and I told I'm her. I'm getting too old for I'm this shit. I'm getting too old for this shit. But I told her this time, I was like, there will be a prenup. There will be a prenup. And it's like, and she understands that too. She gets it. I was like, I have built this empire. We have built this empire. Like we've worked our asses off to make this happen. And I will protect it at all costs. And people don't realize that. Doc23 with the subscription over on Kick. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you do have to protect yourself because the way people are in the beginning of a relationship, mid-relationship, are not how they're going to be if the relationship comes to an end. And I can attest to that personally because I've got an ex- that I'm still dealing with. And I'm like, I'm sick of her bullshit. Oh, the shit she's tried to drag me through as far as mud wise. Like I'm so fucking over it with this cunt. Like I'm done with her. So that's why I have to protect myself in the future. It's just like, you cannot leave any fucking gaps in your armor open because these people will try and take advantage of it. So that's too bad. It is because you know, I've never been vindictive as yeah. much of an asshole as I am folks, as much of an asshole as I can be, I am not vindictive. Unless it's Janae perfectly flawed. Like, fuck that bitch. Like, fuck that bitch. I have no problem being vindictive, vindictive over that cunt. But, um. Well, yeah, what happened with that? With her? Janae perfectly flawed. Oh, she's yeah. still getting sued. Did she reach out to you? Fuck no. She blocks me and everything and runs like a little bitch. For somebody that served in combat, she sure is a pussy when it comes to fucking having a debate. Did somebody in the chat say that she called John out or said something about him? Somebody oh, in the absolutely. Rumble chat? Absolutely, she has. She she even turned to where it's like, he will not be mentioned by name because he's trying to piggyback off of me. He's like, bitch, I got a bigger following than you because yours is all bought. Um, <laughs> I put the dick in vindictive. <laughs> <laughs> I got to steal that. I love that. Um, uh, oh, yeah, she'd call me out on fucking TikTok and just for all manner of bullshit. 
And that woman is like, she's such a fake and phony. But we actually have another interview coming up. Um, she, she used my voice in a recent TikTok. Oh, good. I hope she did. Probably something about me wanting to crucify her. He's like, look, he's threatening violence. Like, yeah, when was the last time somebody was crucified, you dumb bitch? Like, that, that's how she is. That's just how she is. She'll fucking throw a jab, and then when you return fire, she's suddenly the victim. Every single time. I've got another interview lined up Friday with a woman who's a part of a company that threatened Janae with a lawsuit and basically forced her to back off. And I'm going to expose her on that one, too. Um, it's, it's, yeah, she used the she used husband voice for soundbite. I, I don't fucking care about this bitch. Again, if you go look at the comments, it's all stupid motherfuckers. It's simps and these dumbass women that fall victim to this bullshit. Again, I've already had Jess on the show. She very wonderful woman talking about the scams that Janae tries to perpetrate. And people still don't, they still don't get it. They still don't get it. It's because they don't want to get it. So uh, maybe if she pulls more of her tits out, that maybe, maybe try that. Maybe more boobage. Get them bigger. I, I don't know. Um, Janae's been extra slutty in her videos lately for grunt style. She's trying to get there. Oh yeah, I bet. I bet. That's, that's fucking sad. The fact that Gruntstyle still has her as an influencer, it just tells you everything you need to know. It tells you everything Strange, you need to know. Right? Oh, they they absolutely they fucking love this. This is a this is a thing for them to like get even with Nine Line. But again, Gruntstyle, they're just fucking fuck them. Like fuck Gruntstyle. Um But yeah. Uh all right. Let's move on to the next next issue here. Thought Laura was my first wife. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Um, Robert Kennedy Jr. says Trump's mugshot worked very well from a strategic point of view. Well, I mean, Helen Keller could have seen that one coming. I mean, that's not really like, oh, breaking news. Trump's mugshot increases popularity. Like, yeah, absolutely. That, that shit went around the world in under like an hour. 100%. I mean, Aztec said visited her page. Not sure how she's attractive. She got a forehead you can line to fucking C forty seven on. I mean, <laughs> it's fucking huge. Her eyebrows are drawn on, right? Yeah. Was it or her Janelle? I don't know. I have no. It looked idea. like the like the clown the clown eyebrows where they draw them on, like and she, like a U shape. The fact that you'll go on TikTok and post funeral footage that you videotape with your own phone, and then post it to TikTok for sympathy clout, is fucking appalling. Appalling to me. And she did that, and then she deleted it. <laughs> this bitch, and she's she's trying to downplay it. She's trying to downplay the whole fucking lawsuit. Go ahead. That's fine. I'll see you in San Antonio, bitch. I'll be there. I will be in that courtroom, and I'm going to be laughing my fucking dick off. I'm going to be laughing at you. It's going to be great. It'll be the greatest thing ever, seeing you get your comeuppance. Then go out, because look, folks. stream it. Folks, stream it. oh, uh, if I can, I totally will. If I can, I totally will. And here's the thing, folks. I will tell you right now, because I know Janae's type. She's a classic liberal. Not classic. She's a contemporary liberal. What she's going to continue doing is what she's already been doing. She's going to continue the scams. She might shut those down because now that we're reporting on it, more women are waking up and they're going to go into her following. And that's why she blocks people. She will look at who your following is and block every single one of them so they can't go on her page and warn people, the few followers that she has, about her scams. So that's why we do the podcast, and the last podcast got shared by a lot of people. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Getting the word out there on Janae and her bullshit. Um, but Janae is going to make herself a victim no matter what. Watch for this trend with her, folks. Like, this, this is a very interesting social experiment. 
Janae will always be the victim. Every time she throws a punch and she gets punched back, she'll be the victim. Every time she tries going after somebody for some bullshit, she'll be the victim. She will never expect, accept responsibility. She'll never take responsibility. She will never take account of her actions and she will never apologize. And she will never have a debate. She will never have a good faith debate. She will go on the Grunt Style podcast because it's a safe space. They won't disagree with her. The first sergeant douchebag over there is going to just sit there and blow her fucking ego up because it's all about selling shirts for them. They don't care. They do not care if what she's saying is a lie. Uh, the fact that the nine-line lawyer came on the show and even said that he, he listened to Janae at a uh, military veteran thing, and she said, why do we have to wait for due process? Um, this just tells you that people like her that develop these bought followings that project as if they're real are dangerous because they don't know how to handle it. They don't know what they're doing. They lie. And now your lie is caught up to you. You lied a big one. You lied a big one. And she's going to downplay it. And she's going to make it out like Nine Line's big corporate enemy. She's just a little old me victim. So, I mean, why are you trying to silence women? She's the same one that adopts this whole, say their name, say their name. Bitch, go join the BLM. If you want to act like them, go fucking join them. And her husband, that's got to be the most beta fucking dude I have ever seen in my entire life. That you would even tolerate a woman like this in your fucking life. But I'm telling you, you it's probably that scam money is going to be good, isn't it? Like, you love that scam money, don't you? By the way, that jacket I bought last time, I wore it in fucking Peru. Thanks, Janae. Kept me nice and warm. <laughs> Sincerely. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Code Janae, like, uh, did a lot of good. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Janae. I guess, I guess maybe you are a meal ticket in a way because it's fun making fun of you. And you deserve it. You deserve every, every fucking thing that you get. So, yeah, I wore that jacket again. Oh, I love that jacket. It's my favorite jacket. Every time I wear it, I think of her as like, ah, dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of the comments uh, from guys posting on her. Oh, I bet they're all simps. Yeah, it's, I'd oh, yeah. Be a, if she was my wife, I would be uncomfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. What dude would tolerate a woman like that? Fuck yeah. no. I'd be like, look, bitch, either you get your shit together or you get the fuck out of my house, or I'm leaving. Like, I would never... Or if you really are some sort of, I don't know, trying to be a life coach to people, <laughs> like, maybe put your titties away yeah. and change the focus up a little bit. But She does, like, because she knows that's what's going to... just like, oh, you're so hot. Oh, oh, yeah, she loves that. She She... Her types of women indulge in that. They need the praise. It gives them validity. It gives them uh, security. It gives them... This idea that they're actually doing something good. They have value. Um, but just like um, every single person out there, that when you when you consider like the influencer world, if, if you want to put it that way, there's a lot of women out there, female influencers, female conservative influencers. It's not that people are following you to listen to what you actually have to say. They're just following you to look at your tits and how good looking you are. There's a lot of women that capitalize on this. But when you actually hear them, like when you hear Janae talk, you can clearly tell she's not very well educated. She does not know what she's talking about. This woman has never really delved into what actual journalism is. Investigative journalism, she doesn't. She goes by comments. She doesn't look into anything. Um, and that's the issue. That's the issue with people like her. So, you know, when you see these things come to service and you see these influencers develop these followings, it's just kind of like, you know, it's the Graham Allen effect. Yeah. I remember uh, there, were, there was a buddy of mine that dealt with Graham and uh, Graham was like trying to flex for business. Like I've got this following and the guy was kind of like, yeah, you do. But a good chunk of those people fucking hate you. They hate you. They're following you because they want to see you fail. 
They're never going to buy from you. So it's like, you don't have a following worth a fuck. And I feel like people with Janae, it's just like, I feel the same. Her boutique apparently closed down. You remember that boutique she was running? Apparently that went under. How? I don't know. Because if you're just buying stuff and reselling it, I mean, I don't fucking know. But that went under. Um, but anyway, I don't want to focus too much on this bitch. But uh, yeah, she does far more damage than she does good. Far more damage than she does good. I mean, I don't think she does really yeah. any good. Like this woman goes out there and again, she doesn't gather all the facts. And I'm still waiting to find out why Zach and Maddie met in that hotel. I'm going to ask the fucking heart, were they fucking? Were they having an affair? Why are you meeting your ex without your phone in a hotel parking lot? Just curious. Just curious. But Janae didn't even let that happen. She just jumped on the attack. It's like, look, maybe there's things in this that we don't need to get involved in because this could embarrass the fiance. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Hopefully it's not the reason for it, but it certainly sends up a red flag to me. It's like, wait, they met in a hotel parking lot? Why? Hotel parking lot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, we'll see. You got to love this. Hundreds of Staten Island residents rally against illegals being housed in shuttered schools. <laughs> Upwards of 400 local residents of the Arachar neighborhood of Northeast Staten Island rallied on August 28th to oppose the arrival of illegal border crossers after a shuttered Catholic school building was quietly designated as a migrant shelter without consulting the neighborhood. What the fuck? Oh, my. I'm telling you, that's one of my biggest concerns right now. Yeah. Is that wide open board. We're, yeah. We are being invaded. We are. We really are. They're coming over with weapons, with drugs, human smuggling. It's And the Biden administration does not care. They welded the door open. Welded it open. I feel like this federal government is in the... Pro it deserves to be overthrown at this point. It is not doing its job. It is not serving the needs of the people. No. It's serving the needs of Mexicans. Guatemalans, Middle Eastern types that are coming over that border illegally. We don't know their background. We don't their, we don't know their medical history. And it, it is just appalling to me how liberals will sit there with your arm. And it, isn't, it, isn't it interesting to me? This is what I love about liberals in general. For years, you screamed xenophobic. You screamed that everybody was xenophobic. Xenophobia was the buzzword of the, the last three years. If you wanted closed borders, you're xenophobic. There's no such thing as an illegal person. Uh, yes, there is. But then when fentanyl starts really making itself known, human trafficking, sex trafficking, gun running, liberals do not change their stances until it affects them directly. Case in point, Eric Adams out of New York. What happens? You get a few bus loads, a few bus loads. In places in Texas like Eagle Pass, there's about 4,000 crossings a day. Greg Abbott sends you 50 to 100, and you just can't even handle that. And you start melting. So this is the thing about liberals. You will sit there and scream to the sky about how you should have open borders, no borders, blah, 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 blah. Then when it hits your town and you're personally affected, you suddenly change course. So you open the floodgates. You say, bring them all in. And then when conservatives are like, no, we don't need this. Xenophobe, racist, bigot, blah, blah, blah. And then when they come into your neighborhood, 
They rape your women. They commit the crimes. They murder. They stab. They loot. They do smash and grab. They do all the stuff. Then you start changing your tune. Well, it's too little too late. You've already let them in. That's what's sad about it. Yeah, and the government likes to keep a real tight thumb on just normal citizens. The IRS will come and hound you. You make the more than coming over oh, yeah. on uh, Venmo or yeah. Zelle or yeah. any one of those uh, you cash love apps. It. Yeah. Oh, they got, they got a thumb on you, but open that border wide. Well, the door's open. Come on in. It's ridiculous. Give them a phone. Give them yeah. some walk-around money. <laughs> Give them a place <laughs> to live. It's uh, That's what's uh, annoying as well. Hundreds of neighbors are unhappy that the building formerly housing the St. John Villa Catholic School has been declared a shelter for 300 illegals, a designation that locals accuse Mayor Eric Adams of making in a cloud of secrecy. Well, 100%. He's going to stash them somewhere, and he's not going to tell people. Right. But then when those people are in your neighborhoods, and here's the deal, folks. Mexican culture in Mexico is very different than American. Okay? Very different than American. And this is why I say multiculturalism does not work. They have to adjust to American culture, American values. But when you have an open border, they're not doing that. What I mean by that is if you've ever been to Mexico and you know about Mexican life, it is very common for elderly men to sleep with younger women and knock them up and then abandon them. A lot of people might not know that. In Dallas alone, a lot of the child pornography issues that the Internet Crimes Against Children Department dealt with, over 50% were illegal Hispanics. Over 50%. You're telling me that's not a cultural issue. That's a big cultural issue. But liberals will not have this conversation. They will not have this argument because if they, if they do, it forces them to concede to the fact that stereotypes exist from a kernel of truth. And just because you come from a third world country does not mean you're automatically innocent. It means that if that's where you're coming from and we know how your culture is, you have to be vetted. You have to yeah. go through a vetting process to be uh, make sure that you understand that when you come over here, you will not sleep with an underage woman. You will not do this. You will not do that. You must also speak the language. And yes, the language of America is English. Oh, it's not from the, what is the constitution fucking written in English? What is the, what was the declaration of independence written in English? <laughs> English is the, this, the, the, and this is why I fucking hate liberals. Well, that's racist. No, it's not. The most commonly spoke language here is English. And if you can't even speak the the world in the world, and if you can't speak the language, you probably shouldn't be living here. Now, there are certain things now that I love, like Google Translate as an app. I use that whenever I travel and it works wonderfully. But it's like if I ever move to Germany, I'm going to start taking lessons in how to speak German. Duh. Duh. That's Russian. Oh. Yeah. Well, German is yeah. Du ist dumm scheiße. Du ist dumm scheiße. Um, that, that's, yeah. Uh, it's a clusterfuck, an alarm resident told the New York Post. The city really screwed it up. Before we even talk about whether I want migrants here or not, the way it was handled was terrible. Uh, you elected this, folks. Like New York, leave them. Let it burn. Let the liberals and Democrats have it. Like, I'm pretty sure right now you could sell your place in New York and move to Texas and, and make a good tidy sum because shit up in New York is very inflated. Or I'm sorry, higher, more higher priced. You can live way better in Texas than you can in New York because New York is just it's so so expensive. I don't think it's ex, I don't think it's as expensive as 
LA though. I think LA like tops the charts. You think so? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's close. It's got to be close. Because mm. I know like a small one bedroom apartment is like a million bucks. Where? In, in New Manhattan, York? yeah. Manhattan? Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're, I'm talking about like if you're living in the city like Manhattan, yes, normal people don't live there. That's and that's the New York way of life. Like my my cousins up in Staten Island do the same thing. It's very different. And what I mean by that is, um, like they will literally travel an hour and a half each way just to go into the city to work, to work, and then go home. They don't live in the city. No, like hardly anybody that is in the middle class actually lives in the city. Oh, I couldn't do that. Yeah, me that, neither. That would suck. Yeah. Andy just texted me. He's got a uh, Vivek on his show. Oh, mm. all right. He's asking me, is there anything I should ask him? <laughs> yeah, why would the WEF feel comfortable enough to put your name on their, uh, their thing before you sued them? Uh, when did you switch from being a Democrat to a mm -hmm. Republican? Yeah. Um, you know, why should people trust you now? What do you think of Shellshock CBD products? <laughs> Hold on. Um, yeah, I just said, uh, when did he switch from being a Democrat to a Republican based upon the clip he posted? And why did he change on Trump from calling him a loser now to, to now praising him? I don't know how Andy got him. I'd love to get Vivek on. I need, to, I need to get with Andy's people. Andy's podcast is way more popular than ours. He's got a massive following. So it's just kind of like getting guests sometimes is very difficult when you can have like Andy's podcast. Like, yeah, I've got like 2 million downloads like a day versus ours. is like not even nearly that. So it's like, yeah, you get bigger guests. Um, but anyway, back to the main topic here. Um, residents unfurled a large banner ahead of the rally reading no fucking way as they gathered to voice their... That's the thing I do love about New Yorkers. They don't play around. Like New Yorker, like they they come out in community. Like I I grew up uh, a lot of time spent on Staten Island. Those I love them. I love them. Yeah. Like Staten Islanders, they're different. They're a different breed. Um, I love going to New York. Yeah, right? same here. Like most of yeah. the people. Yeah. Were fantastic. I've never had a bad experience in New York City either or Manhattan. I don't I haven't either. I mean, everybody I always met there. I always had a really good time. Yeah. Anytime I went up there to work, it was. A, but I, I always made really sure it. I stayed out of the areas that you probably shouldn't go into. So I mean, like downtown Manhattan, you're fine. Yeah. Like, there's so much tourism there, um, and there's something to be said about standing in Times Square. Like, it's beautiful. <clears throat> the one thing I will never do is New Year's Eve in Times Square. Like, hell no, absolutely. You're you're there all day. Like to go like to watch the ball drop. A lot of people don't know this. Well, maybe you do because they talk about our New Year's Eve. Um, that people will go there that morning to get a spot and stand there all fucking day just to be there when the ball drops at midnight. Because it, it is so crowded there. Where do you pee? You don't. That's the part. Like, you don't. Or you come in a, a couple. So that way you stand there and then you go find some place to use a restroom. And then you come back and you switch out. Like, that's just. I don't know. That, that is nuts. I would never. Oh, hell no. It's It's gotten bad enough now to like. Just staying up till midnight is hard enough. It's like, oh my God, I don't feel like doing this. Like, I want to go to bed. Is that, I don't know. Is that, oh, oh wait, North Star says you can't leave. Maybe that could be it too. God, there's got to be a place to use the restaurant. I would hope. 
I would hope. Has anybody been there for New Year's? I don't know. John, did you ever meet Nandor or Laszlo when you were? I have no idea who those people are. I was born there. Staten Island is deep red. Italians, Jews, white collar mostly. Yeah, yeah. I love Staten Island. Like those motherfuckers over there, they don't care. Fucking guinea what motherfuckers. These dudes, my fuck these clowns. Like, oh my God, I love them. Most, some of the most like realistically racist motherfuckers. And what I mean by that is they don't care. They don't give a fuck. They're racist towards everybody, yeah. but they make jokes out of it. That's the funny part about it. This fucking Guinea Jew over here. It's just like, but they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't take it seriously. It's just a fucking joke. Just how they are. Uh, he said, was he a Democrat? Hold on. <clears throat> uh, should have told Andy to fly me into, uh, uh, I got to get the clip now. I had it saved in my phone. I need to pull it up and send it to him. Which one? Uh, the one of Vivek uh, talking about being a Democrat. Is that back in 2004? Yeah. Was it 2004? Mm-hmm. Yep. When he was uh, interviewing um, Al Sharpton, who was running for yeah, presidential yeah, candidate. Right. Yeah, Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton. Good old Al Sharpton. I think with Vivek right now, though, there is so much shit flying around this guy as far as things he's said. Uh, he's changed the position on Taiwan. He's changed the position on China. Um, the guy has no consistency, and when he gets pressed on it, he starts floundering and starts trying to um, make all these excuses. And that's the, that's the issue I take with this dude. So, I, I don't know, man. Hold on. Where is this clip at? I need to find it. Come on. Damn it. I had it. I deleted it because my phone gets filled up with so much shit. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't think he he makes it to the end. No, he is gonna be he's gonna be a VP slot. You think, I don't even think he's a VP slot. Yeah, I no, I think he will. Trump's already said. Trump said he'd, he'd consider him. He'd consider him. Yeah, but I don't think he would. I don't think he's gonna be. I think Vivek's just trying to make himself a a political career off of this, quite honestly, and um, a political career. You think? Absolutely. Why else would you post this stuff? He's why, a why billionaire, doing, right? Yeah. Why would he be doing this? Because uh, it probably thinks if Trump can do it, he can do it. Um, it's kind of like Trump did come out and criticize him, which I thought was really interesting. Like Trump came out and said he was. It's funny because people uh, they tried coming after me when I said that. Um, as far as from a um, debate standpoint, he came out swinging too hard and was like, "You're not Trump." Trump said the same fucking thing. Yeah. Trump went out there and he's like, you can't take on all these people. So you got to tone it down a little bit. And I was like, did I not just fucking say that? And people are like, you don't know what you're talking about, John. It's like, mm, I kind of fucking do. I kind of fucking do. Um, All right, here's the clip. And he's a young down. guy, too. Probably got super he's 38, excited. Yeah, he's 38. You know, he's been very successful. I think he's a billionaire. So if you have this company that you built up and th this is just another feather in your cap to be president of the United States. That's what I personally think. Yeah, he took Soros money. Well, apparently he's going to be on Andy's show today. It's all right. Sorry about that, folks. Andy's asking me questions on that. I was like, I should have told Andy. He's like, have me on the fucking show with him so I can press this guy. I don't give a fool. I don't give a fuck. Vivek, get the fuck on the show. I don't hate the dude. I just feel like this guy's slimy. I feel like he's very slimy. He says, like you said, he says all the right things, but I don't think he means them. Right. So, I don't know. 
Um, okay, in recent news, maybe you've seen this. The 12-year-old boy that was got in trouble. He got in trouble for wearing the Gadsden flag patch, wins victory over school. You got to love this. L listen to how this, listen to the ignorance of our teachers, folks. Listen to the ignorance of our teachers. Um, <clears throat> a 12-year-old boy just won a major victory against the school after a video of him being removed from class for displaying a Gadsden flag patch on his backpack went viral this weekend. <clears throat> for those that don't know, it's a don't tread on me snake, okay? That's the Gadsden flag. Now, listen to what this teacher tells him, okay? Education expert and president of Libertas Institute in Utah, Connor Bayak, released a screenshot of the Vanguard School Board of Directors allowing Jaden to attend school with Gadsden flag patch visible on his backpack. We won, Boyack wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter, Tuesday. Let this be a lesson document your encounters with government employees. Had Jaden's mom not recorded the video, this wouldn't have gotten nearly the attention that it did. Um, an employee for the school said via email that the patch was disruptive to the classroom environment and has origins with slavery. Motherfucker, what? I know. What? What are the odds that teacher has a gay flag up in her classroom? The Gadsden flag originates from the American Revolution as a symbol of the 13 columns. I mean, even I know this. I mean, come on. Against British tyrannical rule. Boy, actually, I mean, you're right. It is it is somewhat rooted in slavery. Think about it. The idea of taxation without representation, in a sense, is kind of slavery, yeah. isn't it? To a degree. I could agree with that. Yeah, it's a stretch, but I'll make it work. You know. So maybe she is right. It's just not black slavery like you were hoping for because that's what liberals love to do. Boyock shared the original viral video of Jaden, who was kicked out of class in Colorado Springs, Colorado, on Monday. The video has since gained 8.9 million views on X. Um, <clears throat> and this is the video. I'll play it real quick. It's 320. Um, okay. Let's listen to this real quick. Let me turn this up for you guys. Origin. Well, hold on. Origins in slavery and slave trade. Okay, let's hope she offers an explanation on this one. Let's keep listening. That's the reasoning behind our The Gadsden flag. The don't tread on me. Which is the Gadsden flag. Okay. Okay. So. You see the kid's face? The kid just literally looks at his mom and smiles and starts shaking. This is a twelve-year-old boy. A 12-year-old boy knows more than the teacher. That's how pathetic this is. That's realistically how pathetic this is. This 12-year-old kid is looking at a teacher who says the Gadsden flag is rooted in slave trade and slavery. He looks at his mom when she says this and just kind of rolls his eyes like, yeah, even he knows. Yeah, she's kind of retarded. She's a liberal. 100%. Let's keep going. Good Lord. And she's teaching kids. He, what's going to happen if he doesn't take it off? He, I mean, he is able to go. I was actually just telling him, like, I was upset that he was missing so much school. I'm like, ah. So I asked if can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class? Like, I just want him to go back to class. The bag can't go back. It's got a patch on it because we can't have that in and around other kids. So that's what I was trying to, and then he said you were close. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the Revolutionary War patch that was okay. displayed when they were fighting the British. Like, that wasn't... That's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of like the 
um, the Confederate arm Confederate flag. <laughs> okay, I so okay. I am just history here history to that enforce. Done? No, I am here to enforce the policy that was provided okay. by the district, okay. and definitely you have every right to not agree with it. I mean, because yeah, yeah, the ACLU says that he's allowed to wear that if you like go on their website. It's like says in big so letters. I, all, I, all I'm saying is that unless there's like a ban on patches, period, like if you said there's no patches allowed at the school, you cannot display what you think or anything like that or what cheer or anything like that. Um, I, I don't. I think it's like one-sided, you know, because you allow some patches but not other, other patches. Other kids have patches, like other names, like the American flag. Yeah. That was teachers like, looking at the boy like, shut up, shut up, little brat. Yeah, I, I just don't understand that at all. So what I can do is and if, you, if you go to onto the our, ACLU's website, side, yeah, let's let's talk to someone. I can, I can I don't have, have you speak to I, I can have you speak to our, Jeff Yoakum okay. again, okay. Um, and then he can refer you to our person at the district. Okay. Um, because, like I said, we're following district policy. Okay. Is what we're doing. Okay. So. The last thing I want is him out of class. Yeah, like, I know you too. He, he, he takes his classes. The last thing I want is him out of class. Yeah, sure, bullshit. He did that. He made honor roll when he was here before. Yeah. He intends to do that again right now, but it's hard because he keeps missing class for this. <laughs> so I understand that. Yeah, and I, I mean, we teach him to always stick up for your beliefs. And I mean, you're going over the revolution this for seventh grade. I mean, the founding fathers stood up for what they believed in against unjust laws. This is unjust. Okay, I like. I, well, said, I want to go back to this. We do not want the flag Is due to its origins with the slavery and slave trade. That is what was. Um, that's the reasoning. Look at the kid. Like, Watch his face. The Gadsden flag. The don't tread on me. Okay. Which is the Gadsden flag. Look, 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 watch this kid's face. Okay, so he... he... <laughs> a 12-year-old kid, folks. A 12-year-old kid knows more than the white liberal teacher sitting in front of him that's supposed to be teaching him, and he just looks at his mom because even he knows. Even a 12-year-old knows how full of shit she is. And this is why this, this really drives home the point, folks. Why it's so important that parents take such an active role in teaching their children the correct versions of history, not the versions that these high school liberal white teachers want to shove down their throats in regards to why we should hate white people, why America is so bad, yada, yada, yada. But look at his face. It's fucking hilarious. He, he even knows. He's just kind of like, ah, yeah, ma. You know, now you see what I got to deal with. Uh, she's pretty fucking retarded. Yeah, pretty much. Good Lord. Good Lord, folks. Yeah, I wonder what uh, subject she teaches. Who knows? Whatever it is, she's a fucking moron. They should have fired her. They should have fired her. Do you think she's really popular now? I think she's an idiot. I think she definitely is. The fact that you're a teacher and you don't know the history of the Gadsden flag is pretty fucking ridiculous. Hopefully she's not a history teacher. Do you think the Confederate flag should be, I don't know, banned? Nope. I don't think any flag should be banned. No. I don't even think uh, the gay flag, no. It should all be legal.
swastika. I don't give a fuck. None of them should be banned. It's free speech. Do you think kids should be able to wear those flags on their bags to school and stuff? Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, fuck. Damn, dude, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Chad, what do we think? What do we think on this? Do you think a kid should be allowed to wear a... Well, here's the deal. I think if you're should be if you allowed to wear a gay flag on your backpack, then you should be allowed to wear a swastika. 100%. It doesn't matter the cause and the meaning of either or, whether it be good, bad, or even. It doesn't matter. The fact is, if you open it up for one, then all should be able to do it. So I think, just like with everything, you just eliminate it all. Say, no, no, no patches are allowed at all. At all. Only patches of, like, the American flag, but that's about it. Like, I, I think there does have to be a standard there because, I mean, do I think a kid should wear a swastika? Of course not. But it's the idea of free speech. It's the idea of freedom of representation. Well, what about just the Confederate flag? Yeah, absolutely. They should be able to wear the Confederate oh, flag. Oh, to the... Oh, I know. I think if it was me, if I was a principal of the school, it'd be the American flag. That's it. American and state flags. That's yeah. it. I think that's fair. No flags based around sexuality. No flags based around uh, blue line. No, none of that. You you keep that in the home. No religion. You just you state an American flag. I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair. But um, <clears throat> that's but, just me. But not the stars and bars. <laughs> you know, because I really feel like most people, um, when it comes to the Civil War, they're not very well versed on it. They're not very well educated on it. So they will instinctively say it was about slavery. It was not about slavery. Right. Slavery was a major intricate part of it, but it was the preservation of the Union. And if it was about slavery, and this is the thing that I love asking people. It's like, if you think the Civil War was fought on the very premise of slavery, why did it take Lincoln years to free the slaves? Why didn't he just not make the Emancipation Proclamation right off the bat? And once he did make the Emancipation Proclamation, it only freed slave, slave states in the southern nations, but not the border ones. Why? Even Lincoln knew. Even Lincoln knew. It was still, slavery was still much a part of the economy, and it hurt the North more so than the South. I mean, the South got hurt way more than the North did, 100%, because that was their main form of um, economic, uh, I mean, my God, actually... If you think about it, like less than 4% of the population in the South actually owned slaves. You had to be rich to own slaves. But still, a lot of those plantations were making damn good money off of it. Not justifying it. But I'm just saying, though, that I feel like when you look at a Confederate flag, people instantly think slavery. The war over slavery. It was the war over states' rights versus federal government. And I got to say, um, what Jefferson Davis and the rest of them did, I kind of agree with. When the Union... I mean, if we look at Texas right now, if we look at Texas right now and Texas says, look, the federal government is no longer protecting the citizens of the free citizens of Texas in the, in the Constitution, it clearly states the sovereignty of the nation is protected by the federal government. Mm -hmm. When the federal government is no longer doing its job, I feel that Texas should have the right to secede and say, we don't need you anymore. Aren't we there right now because of the federal government exactly. failing to secure our southern so border? So if we're paying all these federal taxes to a government, to an organization that is not doing its job to protect free Texas citizens, then what need have we of being in this United States? It's not a slant against other states. It's a slant against the federal government saying, you are not doing your job. Why are we? It's it's the, It boils down to this. We are being taxed and paying for an organization to tax us harder open our southern border, put us at a higher risk, and it's like, why? 
So I really feel like if Texas did, and Texas does have the right to secede, Texas is the only state in all 50 states that entered the United States as its own sovereign country. So it still remains the only state that has the right to secede. People don't know that, but it's true. That's why Texas has the only flag that can fly at equal height as the American flag. A lot of people don't know that. It's true. Texas is the only flag that can fly at the same height. And people in Texas do it. They will fly the Texas flag on equal on equal height with the American flag. So um, it, it kind of makes sense to me why some people are calling for secession. But at the same time, at the same time, let's think clearly here. It's four years. It's four years of Biden. We'll see what happens after Biden. I don't know. But it's like, do we secede from, if this was like an ongoing thing, you know, Trump didn't even get the border finished. The border wall was not finished. We didn't get that border closed. I mean, they did good. He did good. I will give him that. But it's just like, I kind of feel like, man, if we want this issue fixed, we got to say, fuck the federal government and just do it. Look what happens when uh, Abbott tries to secure the border. And the federal government tries to sue and They try to sue him. That's what they do. They go over to Arizona and weld the doors open. Yep. But then it makes it Arizona's problem. And then you say, you know, you don't have to go that way. If you just go to the port of entry, you don't have to worry about running into barbed wire or any of that other stuff. You could just come in. That way you could be vetted. We know who you are. Otherwise, people who don't use the port of entry, you're breaking the law. Yeah. That's it. I agree. Whether or not you Uh, intend to or don't intend to. Do you see any other country in this world dealing with the border issues that we're dealing with to this of this magnitude? Tell me, what other country can you go into without showing a passport? Uh, like legally, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the caveat. Like legally, like that's none, none. Dude, I've traveled so much this last year, and that passport's your best friend. You're not oh, yeah. getting in anywhere without a passport. If you lose that thing, you're you're fucked. Good luck. Good luck. You're gonna oh, be yeah. staying there for at least six weeks. So I make sure I, was, new, I make sure uh, I make sure I always put it in the the uh, hotel safe. Yeah. I, every time we get there, first thing in there, put them in the hotel safe. Yep. Like we're not keeping those passports anywhere in this room. We don't take it anywhere make on us. Copies of it. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, but I, dude, I just kind of feel like back to the main point though, as far as the Confederate flag goes, you got to have an educated stance on this. And I think most people don't, they just look at the civil war as a war over slavery. It's like, it wasn't slavery was one of the main crucial parts of it. Yes. But it was not focused solely on slavery, but people don't want to say that because if it does, then you are forced to acknowledge the fact that the civil war did actually have some validity to the South. They did have validity. And what they were saying is like, we don't want to be a part of the union anymore. You are no longer representing our needs and all the States got together. It's like, no, we're done. We're seceding. We're going to form our own, our own union. You're gone. And Lincoln's job was the preservation of the union. That's his sole role. And, you know, and people talk about how much they hate the Confederacy. You know, even when Lincoln won, when the war was declared over and they won, Lincoln told his band to play Dixie. Because of the respect for the South. He loved the South. Yeah. You know, now do I think Lincoln was a good president? I think he was a tyrant. I think he was a dictator. He suspended habeas corpus. You can lock up your political. Like, if you look at what actually Lincoln did, don't get me wrong, as a, I, I don't know. You look at the man's actions, forget the words, look at the actions. What he did was not constitutional whatsoever. And if you look at the history of America, especially in like all the way up into the, like the early 1900s, our government has never, never stood in line with the Constitution. Never. And it's appalling to me. Like, you look at the history of the United States federal government. They do not, like, FDR. Holy shit. Social Security. Holy shit. Prohibition. Holy shit. Income tax. Income tax. Holy shit. It's like, what the hell? It's 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 appalling. But that's, that's, yeah. 
Still a great, still a great country, though. I'm not gonna lie about that. Still a great country. I don't know. Um, interesting news here. In case you didn't know, Meghan Markle taking a huge risk distancing herself from Prince Harry and career rebrand experts. Suits star Meghan Markle signed with WME in April while husband Prince Harry continues charitable work outside the royal family. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle may be embarking on two different career paths. In the, I thought they were getting divorced. Was that just uh, speculative? Was that just people uh, spreading bullshit? I never heard that. Oh, okay. There were clear signs of professional separation. Okay, I'm not even going to fucking read this, whatever, then. I thought they were getting divorced. It's like, good for Harry. Maybe he gets his balls back. Get back into the family. Let him back into the castle. Let him back into the castle. Let him back. California smash and grab thieves steal $500,000 worth of jewelry, store owner says. $500,000 worth of jewelry in California. Great job, liberals. What store is that? Uh, owner Samuel Babakin says his future uncertain after store robbed in Pasadena, California. A Southern California jewelry store owner says he does not know what his future holds after a group of smash and grab thieves stole $500,000 worth of jewelry in broad daylight on Tuesday. Uh, owner of Jewels on the Lake in Pasadena told Fox 11 Los Angeles that the masked men pepper sprayed him in the face just before 2 p.m. and ransacked his store. He said, I was choking, Babakin said. I didn't see nothing. I don't even see who they are. I don't even know how many people there are. Um, hopefully he has security cameras. I would assume so. Uh, uh, doesn't even matter because they're not going to prosecute them. Yeah, probably in California. Not. Yeah, that's a good point. Pasadena police said witnesses told them that the four men in ski masks carried out the smash and grab. According to the outlet, the suspects had fled the store within minutes, escaping before officers arrived. Do I dare ask the question that we're all thinking, folks? Should I ask the question? Ask it. Do you know what I'm thinking? I know exactly what you're thinking. What, what question am I thinking? What color are they? <laughs> uh, let's see if there's any footage. Babakin, who's owned the business for nearly 50 years, became emotional as he told the station that he was unsure what his future holds. Um, I don't know what I would do tomorrow morning. I don't know if I should come to the store, Babakin said. I don't know. I really don't know what I'm going to be doing because this is my life. This is the place that, that gave my family food. Um, it's not right, he said. In a second, they came and destroy your life. Um, no arrests were immediately made in connection with the robbery. In Los Angeles, a mob of mass thieves hit a Macy's store on Thursday, filling bags with stolen merchandise before fleeing in two getaway cars. The latest smash and grab comes just weeks after Los Angeles leaders announced a regional retail crime task force. You know, you wouldn't even need this if you would just do your fucking jobs. You know, that's what I love. You know, this is like the perfect example of why government fails. So in California... You have attacked the police. You've called to defund the police. And in many situations, you actually have. You've reduced officer presence because you attack them for being racist at every turn. They're afraid to do their job. You basically handcuffed these guys. So then when you have the uptick in retail store crimes and smashing grabs, now the latest thing is uh, that Los Angeles leaders have announced a regional retail crime task force. So you basically create more government to fix the problem that government originally caused. Do you not understand and see why the government is worthless when it comes to the people? Do, do you finally understand this? This is the greatest example ever. The government creates the problem, and the government will run on re-election or those within it with the idea of fixing said problem that you have created. 
So now you have to create a criminal task force, which means more taxpayer money. We got to get them equipment. We got to hire new people. We got to train them up. Or you could have just done your job to begin with. Weird. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, the only person that's being uh, sent to jail is Nancy Pelosi's husband. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband's boyfriend. Lover, yeah. yeah, that's the only. Oh, guy. he's he's going to jail. Did he go to jail? I'm, I'm assuming since oh, he know. assaulted him. The task force consists of multiple Southern California law enforcement agencies, including the Los Angeles Police Department, and the L.A. Sheriff's County Department, along with the U.S. Marshals Apprehension Task Force and FBI Apprehension Task Force. Oh, that's great. That's great. So we're pulling them away from their normal job to deal with this shit. Or maybe, and here's an idea, folks. Here's an idea. You shoot the motherfuckers. They come in and do a smash and grab, and you start shooting them. They're not going to do that. Of course not. It's California. Yeah. They would be thrown in jail. 100%. It's California. Did you see that Nordstrom is shutting down, too? Yeah, we talked about it yesterday on the other show. After 35 years. The flagship store in California shutting down because of all the lack of foot traffic and the crime. The smash and grabs. And then you wonder, folks, you wonder why certain people start moving in and certain people start moving out. Businesses leave the area because they're not making any money. They close everything down. It turns into a wasteland and then gets transformed miraculously into a ghetto. I wonder why. (laughs) I mean, it used to be such a beautiful city, San Francisco. That's what liberals do. Under the banner of equality and you don't want to be racist... You sit there and you you tout some of the dumbest shit that is not statistically backed and you turn your areas into shitholes by allowing the scum to come in, the lawlessness dreads of society, and this is what you get. This is what you get. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm glad to be moving out to the country. I want away from this shit. I'm tired of it. I am fucking tired. I just want my homestead and the rest of the world can go fucking burn for all I care. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. San Francisco did this to themselves. All that racism. California California did it to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, I feel bad for conservatives over there because I know you don't vote for this, but you are subjected to all this bullshit that your stupid fucking liberal counterparts keep wanting to bring on themselves. It's pathetic. I know. There's people that have been born and raised there. Yeah. Generational. I love it. Yeah, California, beautiful state. Beautiful. Beautiful. Perfect weather. Yeah. Uh, It's the liberals fuck it all up. And then they... Destroyed it. It's just so fucking sad. It's just so sad. LeBron James. You gotta love this. LeBron James backed, I promise, school supporters say Akron officials' test score review was detrimental. The school was said to have delivered discouraging student test results. What? You mean LeBron James' school? I mean, I thought he was so smart. LeBron James-backed I Promise School received a support uh, received support at a meeting in Akron, Ohio, Monday night after the school was said to have delivered discouraging student test results. Akron. Akron, Akron Ohio. Akron, excuse me. What do I keep saying? Akron? Whatever. Victoria McGee, the senior director of the LeBron James Facility Foundation and the I Promise School Family Resource Center, was among those who spoke up for comment and criticized the Akron Public School Board and called officials' actions detrimental to the student body. Your actions degraded every Akron Public School educator that has ever taught the current and past I Promise students that you have singled out locally and nationally, McGee said via the Akron Beacon Journal. 
Absolutely, it was hurtful to the LeBron James Family Foundation, but more importantly, detrimental to our students. Uh, McGee equated the board's discussion with bullying and said it was doing damage to students who were already at a disadvantage. Uh, school board president Derek Hall pushed back on the criticism. If you go back and you actually watch the board meeting, nobody on this board, no speaker or presenter made any comment that any rational person would be called would call belittling, bullying, or anything of that nature, Hell said. He added there were some who were twisting the officials' words to create their own self-serving narratives. The issue stemmed from a public meeting last month when it was revealed that this fall's class of I Promise uh, eighth graders had not passed a state math exam since they were in the third grade. One official called the data discouraging. I would say discouraging is an understatement, a massive understatement. Eighth graders had not passed a state math exam since they were in third grade. What are they doing? What are you doing? What are you doing with all this money? LeBron, your investment's going tits up, bro. I wonder why. Maybe it's because you cannot throw money at a cultural issue that the community itself has to fix, but they won't because Democrats keep them broke and Democrats keep them on government subsidies. So what are they going to keep doing? Man, I'm telling you, dude, black people in America are some of the most used political pawns I have ever seen in my entire life by Democrats. But there comes a point to where I feel we're at now. I don't even feel sorry for you anymore because you've been warned countless times and you always go back to the narrative of the right is racist, the right is racist. And then we're sitting here saying, actually, we're not. And we're pointing this out and you still refuse to see it. If you're just that willfully stupid, then you deserve everything you get at this point. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. I really don't. All we're saying is don't judge people by their skin color. Don't treat them differently because they color on their skin. That's all we're saying. Well, apparently you can't Don't even say it. that because if you're a Republican, you're automatically racist because they Don't fall into it. this bullshit of Democrat propaganda. And it's like, you know, you can say the right's racist all you want, but it's not us that are keeping you poor, that are keeping you violent, and keeping you in the ghettos. Did you know, I don't know if you know this or not. Did you know that a woman... This is what the Section 8 research have been doing. Did you know that in, in the Section 8 welfare programs, if you're a woman that has two children with two different last names from two different fathers, you actually get more money? No, I, I didn't know that, but it's not surprising. The government will do everything it can to keep black men out of the household. Yeah. Because a woman can make more money living off the government, having multiple children with multiple different men, and the government will pay her. Yeah, I, you know, RFK on his Twitter account said something to the effect of Republicans are trying to make it so a married couple gets better tax breaks than a single mother. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, isn't this, isn't the state trying to keep? Uh, yeah. I did see RFK mother saying that. I was like, bro, get you're off. More money yeah. for being single. Mm-hmm. RFK was off on that one. He's way off. He's way off. That's why I keep saying like independents love him. A lot of conservatives do. It's like, bro, at, at root, like some of these things, like his anti two A stance, like I'm not a fan of, and shit like that that he says, like bro, you're still a liberal then. Like this, this is just bullshit. Yeah, he's a big time liberal. He's a big time liberal. Yeah. I mean, he's a lot smarter than Joe Biden is for sure. Oh, and he's bro, got a Kennedy, trained monkey is smarter than that guy. Kennedy name. I've had turds you know, with larger IQs than Joe Biden, quite honestly. I mean, it's. But yeah, he's uh he's way off on that statement. Mm. He's way off on a lot of things. I agree. He's just a lot more likable and well spoken. I agree. <clears throat> he's. I mean, if you can. Take the the tone of his voice, I guess. 
You got to love this. You always love how the English really, and I love England. I've been to London. It was a good time. I do want to go back and visit the English countryside. There's something to be said about that. It is a very beautiful country. But I do love when the English try and talk shit about Americans' gun violence. Well, at least in England, we don't have all your gun violence. I don't know what accent that was, but uh, we're just going to go with it. Um, well, this article is very interesting. Uh <clears throat> Famed Notting Hill Carnival terrorized by men with giant knives with eight stabbings and 275 arrests. Got a real stabbing problem over there. You got a real mass stabbing issue over there. Maybe you should ban knives. London's famous Notting Hill Carnival reached its highest level of stabbings in seven years as men with knives, 275 arrests, and several hospitalizations marred the two-day spectacle. The event, which took place from August 27th to 28th, attracts hundreds of thousands of attendees on the streets of England's capital and features live music, performances, and entertainment. Over 2 million attend this year's annual festival, which has earned its stripes as Europe's largest street party and one of the world's biggest celebrations of Caribbean music and culture. Oh, you already know where this is going. <laughs> as soon as I said Caribbean, you already knew where I was going. But actually, I wasn't going anywhere, but now it's taken me there. So we're going to go. We're going to follow. We're going to see where this takes us. But despite its joyous nature, violent riots and vicious attacks, plague festivities, leaving eight people stabbed as a 29-year-old man remains in critical condition. Videos circulating on social media shows groups of young people running down a street dressed in black and wearing ski masks Monday night. Oh, would you looky there. And they're black. Oh, right again. Would you rather be shot or stabbed? Oof. I think I'd rather be shot. I don't know that I want to be stabbed. Probably shot, yeah. It's a little bit faster. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I mean, yeah, of course. But I'm just talking about more as far as the damage. I'm probably, mm, depends on where you're shot and where you're stabbed, though. Let's say in the arm. In the arm? Eh. Stabbed. Really? Yeah. I mean, you got to think a bullet's going to do more damage. But it also depends on where you get stabbed, though. That's the other part. So, I mean, that's not really an accurate question. Is, like, is it? I don't, I don't well, know. Well, okay, hold on. What's the caliber bullet you get shot with? You get shot with a 9 millimeter in your arm, your arm's getting broken. You yeah. get stabbed, it's not getting broken. You're going to have a deep wounds, can take a lot of stitches, some surgery probably, but your arm's not broken. Yeah. A bullet, your arm's fucking done. You might not even have full use of it. I mean, the same can be said with the stabbing. I mean, I don't know. There's just a lot of... Depends on how big the knife is. What if it's a machete? Oh, you're fucked. You're losing the arm. This guy's got a machete. Look, look at these motherfuckers. And they're black. <laughs> oh look at this more black people stabbing each other it's almost like it's universal crazy Jeez. look at these motherfuckers good lord <laughs> all of them are black <laughs> every single photo they're all black of course i'm not calling all black people violent just these ones. but damn dude i'm starting to see like globally you some violent motherfuckers you talk about white colonialism being the issue i don't know one individual appears to be waving a large machete as police on horseback chase after the group. Another man was seen brandishing a large weapon as he approached the group of people at the carnival. A 19-year-old was transported to the hospital in serious but stable condition following a stabbing as well. They chased him on horses? Yeah. This is like medieval times. They're using swords and I, machetes. I don't think English cops over there actually carry guns. Bow and arrows? They have bow and arrows, don't they? Uh, I don't even think those are legal. Um, what about a bazooka? Is a bazooka legal? Uh, it is regrettable that for a second year in a row, Monday night at Carnival has been marred by serious violence. 
the Deputy Assistant Commissioner, A.D. Ellican, who oversaw the policing operation. Six other people whose ages ranged from 18 to 40 were stabbed in separate incidents and suffered non-life-threatening incidents or injuries. Excuse me. Police said 275 people were arrested across both days of the carnival, which saw a myriad crimes take place, including possession of weapons, assault on police officers, drug possession, and sexual offenses. Nobody disputes the significance of Carnival on London's cultural calendar, and the overwhelming majority of those who came will have had a positive experience, Adelkin said. However, we cannot overlook the stabbing, sexual assaults, and attacks on police officers that we have seen. Police have called the attacks absolutely disgusting, adding, no wonder our members dread policing this event. This annual carnival has been taking place in London's Notting Hill since 1966 and continues to be serve as a way of showing solidarity with the growing Caribbean communities in British capital. The street festivals in the UK's largest celebration of culture, diversity, inclusivity, featuring vibrant costumes, magic, or excuse me, music, dancing, and food, comes second only to Brazil's Rio Carnival in size. Look at all that diversity. Music legend Shaggy performed at this year's event. Last year, the carnival turned deadly after a 21-year-old man was stabbed. More than 200 arrests were made throughout the celebratory weekend. And they're black. (laughs) Maybe we should, I don't know, adopt the idea that multiculturalism does not work and you don't let them into your country. John, that's racist. This is what you get. Go look at France, folks. Go look at France. All the refugees they let in, look at what they're dealing with now. Oh, yeah. They don't like you. They do not like you, folks. These thugs, these criminals, they don't like you. It's ridiculous. Oh, but you can't say that. It's racist. So let me get this straight. They stab eight people. 250 of these motherfuckers, who I'm, I'm betting are majority black, get arrested. This happened the year prior, not to this extent, but still almost the same amount of arrests, minus like 75. At what point do you start to wake up and say, maybe the issue isn't us. Maybe the issue is them. Yeah, How is that racist to say uh, all these smashing grabs in California, predominantly black, this predominantly black. Um, at what point do you start to wake up and say, um, I mean, look at Poland. Even they were kind of like, we don't allow Muslim immigrants. And they haven't, they're the only country in this world that has not had one terrorist attack. And they said, yeah, I remember the Polish guy, I forget who it was, and they were interviewing him. This is like maybe a month or two ago. And they said, you know, that's very racist. He goes, we don't care. He's like, I don't care. Our country does not care. The Polish people do not give a fuck what you have to say about us. Because guess what? We're safe. You're not. So call us racist all you want while you're getting stabbed, mugged, shot, your store's broken into. We're not. So you can sit there on your high horse and get robbed, but we ain't. I got a lot of respect for that. I do too. I mean, good for them. Don't let the Muslims into your country. Not Don't just, let not these just immigrants. letting anybody into your country. Exactly. Not just going to let anyone they in. They refuse to let any refugees in. France any Muslim like refugees. That. It's like, get out. Yeah. France used to be like Oh, that. yeah. And then what happens? You get more progressive. You get liberal. You open your borders. And what happens? You get stabbings nonstop. You get, what was that? That terrorist bombing not that long ago, like a few years ago that killed like what? It was like a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Lazy Sheep in the comments said, uh, uh, he said, I love the Polish leader. He said, you don't see Jews blowing themselves up. Uh, in Israel? I don't know. Nah. Base Polish leadership. I mean, that's fucking real leadership. It's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to come invade us? Hitler already tried that. What happened? You kicked his ass for us. <laughs> I don't blame the Poles, dude. Good for them. Yeah. Like, we don't want these fucking refugees. Absolutely. They're nothing but trouble. Stay and fix your own country. 
You don't get to migrate to ours. Fix your own shithole. That's the I feel the, sa- I feel the same way with Mexico. Yeah. Stop sending your people over here. Fix your issues. Go to war with the cartel. Go to war with the police. You've got a lot of fucking issues. Stop trying to come to America. You need to fix your shit. Remember the old example that was given? It talks about the jar of jelly beans, multiple jars. And say, this is America. So you had like blue, red, yellow, green jelly beans. And it's just like, you take a little bit of these green jelly beans and put them in this bigger one. And this is America. So you have this melting pot of all these jelly beans. But these other jars keep filling back up. And the issue, why they want to go to this bigger jar, has not been fixed. Hence, illegal immigration, cartel, corrupt government, yada, yada, yada. So the jars keep filling back up. And they keep leaving their jars to come to the American jar. Do you not see how this is an issue? And people just don't seem to grasp this. This is a massive issue, and people just don't care. Yeah, open borders now. That's why I think libertarians that believe in open borders are fucking stupid. Uh, quite honestly, I just... It is stupid. It's a dumb premise. I don't agree with it, so... I don't know. I heard today Biden offered Vietnam to drop all visas between countries ahead of his visit. Vietnam said no. Ha! Huh. It's too late for America. America will never adopt this policy. The, the populace will never allow it. It will never allow it. You don't think so? No. I think if it gets bad enough, like what we're seeing right now with millions and millions of people coming across the border illegally, mm-hmm. it's if it gets to the point where it's affecting everybody. Like I think it already is. Even the people in uh, Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> you know, No, they just play it off like, oh, it was such a, a harrowing experience. We learned so much from them. Uh, but if like, they what, don't come up in a bus, girls? but if they just find their own way back up there, yeah. I think you're going to see some people be like, you know what? Maybe we should shut our borders down. Mm, Maybe we should find weird. out who's actually coming into the country. As they live in gated communities. Live in gated communities, mm-hmm. yeah. You gotta love that. Isn't that interesting? They're all fucking smoke and mirrors, folks. But then when it comes to where the metal meets the meat, oh, suddenly they turn ultra conservative. It's like, nope, close the border. We don't want them here. Like, ship them off somewhere else. It's fucking ridiculous. All right, folks. That does it for today's episode of the All American Savage Show podcast. We appreciate you being here today. Sorry about that sound bite, guys. Uh, yeah, really blasted the audio there. Sorry about your ears. Uh, anyway, if you enjoyed today's show, feel free to support us. Go leave us a review on iTunes for the podcast. Share with your friends. And then go check out shellshockcbd.com. Hey, look, if maybe you're kind of still skeptical about uh, the company, you're not sure if this stuff's going to work or not, fair enough. You know we have free sample, or not free sample. We got uh, small samples, right? Small sample packs for like five bucks. You can go check that out. You can definitely go check that out at shellshockcbd.com. Go check out the sample packs that we have available. You can try any of our products and see if it works for you. So anyway, we appreciate you guys. We thank you for being here. You guys are freaking incredible. Don't forget to share the show. Tag us on, excuse me, social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever the case may be. Give us a shout out. Love that. I'll do my best to reshare it if I see it. And we cannot thank you guys enough. Y'all are just fucking incredible. You got anything to add, my man? You guys have a great day. And as always, you stay savage, America.